I cry out to you from the depths, O Lord. My Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears pay close attention to my request for mercy. If you kept track of sins, Lord, my Lord, who would stand a chance? That's why you are honored. I hope, Lord, my whole being hopes, and I wait for God's promise. My whole being waits for the Lord more than the night watch waits for morning. Yes, more than the night watch waits for morning. Israel, wait for the Lord because faithful love is with, this great redemption is with our God. He is the one who will redeem Israel from all its sin. This is a word from God for us today. I like to affectionately call this the O Lord Psalm. The the line in the Common English translation that we sang, it it doesn't say O Lord, it just says Lord, but in a lot of other translations it says O Lord. I cry out to you from the depths, O Lord. So I like to call this the O Lord Psalm. If you ever reach an O Lord moment in your life, let me, let me take that back. Rather than if you ever, when you reach those oh Lord moments in your life, I hope you'll remember Psalm 130 and maybe go give it a read again. Do you ever find yourself saying, oh Lord? I think it's interesting. We can, we can use that phrase, oh Lord, for a lot of different reasons. I, I think we use it in moments of surprise uh, or shock or worry or exasperation, right? I mean, there's, oh, Lord. There's, oh, Lord. How about everybody? Let's just give it one good say here. Would you say, oh, Lord? Oh, Lord. Have you found yourself saying that lately? Maybe over the last year and a half or so? I have. I know people in this church have. The leadership of this church has. I mean, this pandemic has been one great big, oh Lord, moment for the world. And especially for the church. I mean, I I just think about the reality of when, as an organization, so much of what we do is, is about getting together in person, right? In this room or in the rooms in this building or in the churches all over the world. And, and yet we come to a moment in history where that's one of the most dangerous things we could do. And, and so out of an act of compassion, we find other ways to be the church together. And I mean, even just acknowledging that as we start to come out the other side of this and, and come back into buildings together in numbers and sit close to one another, that we, we have a lot of folks who are still worshiping with us online, and you know, we're, we're, just, we're navigating this all together. It, 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 it's, it's been for me just one great big, oh Lord, moment, which is why I'm thankful for Psalm 130, because it tells the oh Lord story. <laughs> 
for those oh Lord experiences that we have in life. And, and thankful for the Psalms in general, you know, as, as Ben alluded to. These are the songs of the, the history of our faith. That for thousands of years, people who've loved and trusted and followed God have sang these words. Just like we did this morning. And there are some Psalms that are, we know from history are the, the Psalms. It's set up there, a Psalm of pilgrimage or a Psalm of ascent. They were songs that the people sang as they went up the mount to the temple. As they approached the presence of God together, there were certain psalms that they sang, and this was one of them. This was a psalm, a song of the people gathering together in the presence of God, bringing their O oh Lord moments with them as they came, just like I suspect you did. And I did today. And you did. Gathering with us online, we brought our Oh Lord moments. And, and not specifically about this psalm, but the psalms in general, I want to offer some perspective from a modern day theologian who I greatly respect. His name is N.T. Wright. Um, back in the day, he was called Tom Wright. But uh, I just want to share some reflections from him about the psalms, from one of his books on the psalms. And I think it would help put us in the right frame of mind and imagination to approach this psalm. This is what N.T. Wright says about the psalms. I suggest that the psalms offer us a head-on challenge at the level of worldview in their assumptions about time and space and matter. This is because all through them, the psalms offer us much more than simply an abstract theological treatise about all things. Because they are songs for all of God's people to sing, they embody all of these. And yet they create, as perhaps only music can, the new world or the new world view within which all kinds of new possibilities emerge. Not just new thoughts, but new actions, new habits of heart, mind, and body. And with that perspective on the Psalms, I want to invite us to approach Psalm 130. Open to new possibilities for ourselves and for our O oh Lord moments. And Psalm 130 starts out, out of the depths I cry, O oh Lord. And it's actually an allusion to the very beginning of the story, to Genesis 1-2, where it says that the Lord's Spirit, God's Spirit, moved over the depths of the sea. Moved over the chaos of the waters. And the psalmist begins the O oh Lord psalm probably where we all begin our O oh Lord moments, in the depths of the chaos, the uncertainty, the experiences and the places in our lives where we don't have control, where we don't get to decide, 
Despite our best efforts, we can't make it go the way we want it to go. And we find ourselves in the depths of those moments. Maybe even the depths of despair. Like the depths of trying to figure out how to live into a new reality or a post-pandemic reality or even survive and endure and adapt through it. And quite frankly, how to be unity of faith in the midst of this season when so much is different. I mean, there's little things. I, I appreciate the fact that our church is doing things like installing touchless water fountains so that, you know, when, as we move back into the rest of the building and that decision will be made here just in the next few weeks, but as we move back into the rest of the building and live into more of what we're accustomed to, we'll have touchless water fountains and, and touchless soap dispensers and uh, paper towel dispensers. You know, it's, it's those little things in the midst of the big, the depth of all the chaos um, that I'm thankful for. But the, we have those moments in the depths. And the psalmist says, from the depths I cry out to you, O Lord. Which is the fitting, perfect response to those moments is to cry out to God. And yet, how often is it our last resort? In a world and in a culture and in a mind frame where we're in the depths or when there's chaos or when it seems out of our control, our response typically is to what? Is to double down and do better at controlling it. And yet, there's something about the wisdom of the Psalms that teach us to cry out to God. Oh Lord, hear my cries. The psalmist says, hear my cries. Listen to me, God. Hear my cries for mercy. Oh God, I need you. We need you. Our world needs you. Rather than, I've got this, we can come up with a, a fix, a program, some steps, and make it all go right, just the way we want it to. Oh, that the people of God would adopt the posture to cry out to God. Say, God, we need you. We need your mercy for this moment. And then with a confessional spirit, the psalmist says, because, Lord, if, if you kept score, if you counted sin, none of us would have a chance. I, I would add the corollary here if they would give me the permission to edit the psalms, which I don't have. Um, I, would, I maybe would insert the line, Lord, if you kept score the way we do, <laughs> none of us would stand a chance. Oh my God, how we keep score. With each other, against each other, for each other. 
Thank God. The psalmist tells us our God doesn't keep score. Because God, if you did, none of us would stand a chance. I don't know why we have that propensity in us to keep score. Want to fix and correct and punish people. But I'm thankful that is not the character and the nature of God. God is a forgiving God, the psalmist tells us. And so... Crying out for mercy to a forgiving God. The psalmist says, I hope. Oh Lord, I hope. What a powerful four letter word for a moment like this, or moments when we're in the depths and we reach for four letter words. How about this one? Hope. I hope. I hope, Lord. Paul in Romans 5 talks about this hope that we have in God. That because we stand in the grace of God, we have hope. And he even goes on to say, even in our moments of trouble, even in our trials... Because in our moments of trouble and trials, we gain endurance as we go through those. And that endurance produces in us character. And that character produces in us hope. And a hope that comes from God is a hope that will not disappoint. That will never let us down or let us go. And so the psalmist says, I hope and I wait. I wait on you, God. And it's hopeful waiting that is expectant and can stir the imagination for what is possible in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our community, in our world, even and especially in those moments in the depths of the chaos. I hope and I wait. Now, if forgiveness is contrary <laughs> to the culture that we live in, then sure as shooting waiting is contrary to our cultural identity, at least now in modern times, and maybe it always has been, hence the need for the psalm in that day. We don't wait. So much of our lives and our world is geared around not waiting for anything or anyone. I walked in the building this morning and pulled out my iPad to pull up my sermon to make sure I got everything ready, and I couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. It took like a minute, maybe 90 seconds, to connect to the Wi-Fi. I, was, I thought I was going to reach for that four-letter word, Hope. We just don't wait. 
We've geared our lives for everything to be instantaneous. I, I look at my children being impatient. And I, you know, I, I, I've even said the words, you know, patience is a virtue. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. And you know, it's, it's good for you to wait and be patient for something. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> and yet, holy... There's something holy about waiting on the Lord. And the fact that it is so contrary to our culture may mean it's exactly what we need. Jesus said, I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. We may need some hopeful waiting in our lives that is patient, that is faithful, that is trusting, that is crying out to God, expecting God's response in God's time. You you may already know this. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're having a celebration of life service for a member of this church who passed away during the pandemic. Her name's Kate Winnie. And um, Kate fought a long battle with colon cancer. And um, as I've only been here a couple of years, so I really only got to know Kate towards the end of that battle. And much or any of the time that I spent with her was in the hospital. Um, but I spent some time with her family too and, and spent some time with people in this congregation who knew her and know her and, and were loved by her and loved her. And I just heard over and over again the description of this hopeful waiting, this faith in God, this trust in who God is and was and will always be for her. That that her life exemplified the O Lord song of crying out with hope and faith. And waiting on God to be God in whatever shape or form that took. There's an open invitation to this church and anybody connected to it to come to that celebration of life at 2 o'clock this afternoon. It'll be right here in this room. So if you want to hear stories or the story of a woman in this community, in this congregation who exemplified this psalm, I invite you to come. And then the psalmist rounds out the O Lord story, the O Lord psalm, by by lifting up completely what I would say are three revolutionary cosmic truths about God. And that is that God is love because the psalmist says, I wait, I hope, and I wait because of God's faithful love. At the center of who God is, at the center of who we are, at the center of our relationship with God and of our living and breathing is love, is God's love. And then the psalmist says that love is bookended on either end by how God interacts and responds to us, to our brokenness, to our sinfulness, to our iniquities. What bookends God's love are forgiveness and redemption. That God is a forgiving God. 
That for any and all who would cry out to God from the depths, depths of our own making, depths of our circumstances, depths that we've somehow created together, that in those deep and hurting, chaotic and broken places, when we cry out to God, God's response is love, love and forgiveness, to not count it against you or me, and then love and redemption, to take you and me and to take those circumstances and experiences, to take those choices, good, bad, or otherwise, to take the hurting places, to take the shameful places and redeem them and make something new and make something beautiful and make something holy and godly. And the psalmist says, Israel, God's people. On one level, this is personal. This is about my life and your life and about our redemption. And on a whole nother level, this is communal. This is corporate. This is God's people. This is the church. People of God. God is faithful has great redemption and will redeem all sin. And will even redeem the deepest of the depths, the the pandemics of our lives and our world because we're, we're coming into something new, something else. God has given us a framework, an oh Lord story to have an imagination for where we will go together as God's people into the future. It may look a lot like what it was before and it may not. And quite frankly, I don't think it matters because God is going with us as we go together every step of the way. May it be true for you and me for all of us, for Shambly Methodist, and for the world. Oh Lord, may it be true. I want to ask if you'd make that a prayer with me. Could, could, could we take a moment to pray together? And the trio is going to come back and they'll lead us to sing again after we pray. But I'm asking that this together, corporately, we could lift up an oh Lord prayer. There may be places in your own life where you're saying, oh Lord. Can you consider one another and where we each are saying, oh Lord. I mentioned the Winnie family. You know, they're saying, oh Lord. And and for us corporately as the church, as the embodiment of the presence of God in the world, of the hands and feet of Jesus Christ at work in the world, as we live into a new day, we say together, oh Lord, oh Lord, hear our cries for mercy and forgiveness. Lord, hear our cries for redemption and restoration, healing and wholeness. O 
oh Lord, our God, we are thankful for your love and we love you. And we trust you in it all and through it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.